91, Psalm 91. And we'll read the first ten verses of the psalm. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers and under His wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in the darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at Monday. A thousand may fall on your side, and ten thousand are at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see uh, the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. I think we'll stop here. So, this morning we're going to talk about fear and why we should not fear. I think this is quite appropriate nowadays in the era of uh, sort of COVID and infections and what we hear in the news. So, I'll just start with a, with a small sort of... Um, Story, yeah. We, so I'll transport you back to 1982. Yeah, you need to go on a journey. So July 1982, around the city of Beirut, yeah, the big war is being raged. Yeah, uh, the Israel Defense Forces approaching Beirut, surrounding the city. Four Israeli divisions circling the city completely. I don't know if any of you remember, you were probably too young, but Yasser Arafat escaped with the uh, Fatah forces, 10,000 of them, into the city of Beirut. So it's been a long night, yeah? I've been trying to sleep. I'm just lying there, on the ground, trying to fall asleep. Now it's a bit difficult to sleep when every but 15 seconds heavy artillery is firing around you all night. Eight-inch heavy artillery, mobile artillery, is pounding the positions of the Fatah forces all throughout the night. So every time I fall asleep, and then I wake up again, the earth is shaking, yeah? Because they're so powerful, 205 millimeters, the whole thing shakes, everything shakes. A few seconds later, you can see the huge flare in the middle of the city, like a whole building probably has gone to the ground. So I'm trying to sleep. It's been really, really difficult. We have to wake up early as well. So it's sort of it's a broken sleep, and you sleep and you don't sleep, and you have, obviously you have lots of nightmares. Five o'clock in the morning, everybody's up. Yeah, you have to be shaken up. You, you have to get ready. It's dark, still dark. Does the sun just start coming up? We are all totally. Shaken. We are. We haven't slept enough. We are tired. We are. Yeah, it's all very, very difficult. So we have to get ready. We have to get ready to go out on a patrol on the road. So we get all our equipment. The whole platoon. Platoon commander doesn't allow you much time. We've got 15 minutes to get ready. You know, brush your teeth. You know, wash your face. Get all your equipment ready. Check your guns. Make sure you've got all the magazines, ammunition, everything, belt. Everything is ready. 
and, and buckle up, basically, and get ready. So we start going on the road, patrol. The way you do it, you go two columns, one the right side, one the left side. The right side points the guns to this side, the other side, the, other, uh, the, the column on the left points to the left. Magazines in, guns cocked. You're ready anything. Lebanon is like the Wild West, you know? They'll try and get you anywhere from any position. So you're constantly ready, uh, literally just trigger and you're firing. So we started walking. We've, we've been doing this for days. Every morning, we, come, we stand up, we go out, we do the patrol, we come back to secure the area. As we approach sort of a curve of the road, around the road, we started going round, and nobody expects anything. I was sort of in the middle, uh, carrying some actually quite lightweight, not too bad. We had like what we call uh, mine sandals, a big polystyrene sandals that you can put on your foot and, and go over minefields because it spreads the weight so it won't explode the mine. Um, as we go around the curve, we suddenly there is a barrage of bullets flying literally around us. Now, I can't describe the feeling, but uh, we could actually feel the bullets going around, the air that moved by the bullet. It's a very distinct sound of what you hear. It's a sound that sounds a bit like, you know, when you pop a champagne bottle, but lots of them in about ten champagne bottles in two seconds, three seconds. It's a sound that every one of us recognizes immediately. It's an AK-47. So we know what an AK-47 sounds like. Now, you've never seen a whole platoon on the ground so quickly. This is literally from being stand, standing up all the way down in probably a fraction of a second. Everybody's flat on the ground. So, of course, fear. You don't know what you're facing because you can't see the enemy. We don't know. Are we facing a battalion? Are we facing a platoon? Are we facing a, a huge group? It's only us. We're pretty cut off, really, just going around the road, and we don't know what to do. So we're lying down there, all the way to the ground. Every, obviously, panicking at the back, calling on the radio, asking for somebody to tell us to uh, try and understand where the source of fire, because you can't fire until you know where it's firing at you, yeah? So you're trying to look. Then another barrage of bullets straight above us. So... We're still not sure whether they're targeting us or they're shooting somewhere else, yeah? But it, it's very, very close. So, after about a few minutes, we're just lying down, waiting to see everybody's thinking. And this is when fear really fills your heart, you know, because the first, what we're thinking of is, actually, how many bullets do I have? How many of them? How many of me? You're going through your inventory practically in your head. Did I put all the magazines into the hand grenades? I got everything, so I'm ready, ready. You're really, really fearful because you know, do I have five minutes to live or 15 minutes to live? I'm not sure really uh, <laughs> before they attack us. After about a few minutes, we see a group of like five big guys standing up with Kalashnikovs walking out. And we're sort of shocked. We didn't know what's going on. So what they do in Lebanon, as you do, you just wake up in the morning, have your breakfast, and decide to train yourself. You know, just check your gun. So you take, you just take your Kalashnikov, go in the garden, load it, and shoot at the tree over the road. And that's what they did. They didn't see us because it was like a terrace. It's above. So they're standing over the terrace. They're literally 
shooting at a huge tree on the other side of the road where we were just before. So, of course, we think they're shooting at us. Yeah. So, after we realized that, the platoon commander obviously camped. Well, we, we jumped at them, of course, and they sort of uh, already immediately dropped the guns and surrounded because everybody pointed at them. <laughs> so, uh, everything calmed down. But in these few moments, you are filled with fear. Yeah. And if you're not a Christian, you fear for your life. Every soldier fears for their life because they don't know what they're facing. You can die at any moment. Anything can happen. And this, in this environment, this has been happening a lot. Lots of my friends got killed. Yeah? I, once I've gone for medical treatment, uh, and the vehicle half an hour behind me was blown up. Yeah? You never know what's going to happen. But God was there. God was with me even then. So I knew God protected me even at that time. So this was just a, sort of an introduction to this. And, and I think the psalm really talks a lot about that. But when fear fills your heart. So, obviously the event of 2020 filled lots of people with fear. But the psalm starts with a real good promise, I think. It says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shed of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, Here is, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. So, God gives us instructions what we should be doing. First, he's saying, is the dwelling place. Yeah? Now, if you want to be protected, what do you do? You, you put yourself in a protected place. We just talked about a war. You know, when you have a tank crews put, trust the armor to protect them, don't they? They don't go in a tank thinking, well, I'm going to be blown up. They trust the thickness of the armor to protect them against anything. And here we have a fortress. It's exactly the same image. God says we should go into the fortress to get protected. Now, things don't help you. It's a bit like the mustard river. If you have it in your pocket, it's not effective at all, isn't it? Yeah? So if you have a fortress somewhere and you don't go into it, the fortress is not going to protect you. You have to go into the fortress. And the walls of the fortress give you the protection, give you the security and the stability. Yeah? Now, the Lord is our fortress. Now, it's more than just a fortress. Uh, what the psalm tells us is that uh, God gives us active protection. Yeah? He seems to protect us even when we don't think he's protecting us. I don't know if you've noticed that in your life. Yeah? You don't even realize what's happened around you, but God actually was there working in the background. Yes? It's a bit like... Um, Reminds me the you know, the Terminator, yeah, Terminator Two, the film when they slept and the Terminator is standing, looking around, protecting them all the time, yeah. So that's exactly that. This is the, the, the ter- God is like standing there and around us, even when we are asleep, even when we are not aware, wherever we go, we get His protection, yeah. And uh, He is the strength. So, God says that we should trust in him. Now, there is the image of a bird. Remember the bird and the little chicks under the bird? The wings of the, the bird which protects the... So, it's, again, it's another image to show us that God protects us. Now, the Lord 
protects us even against COVID, believe it or not. Yeah? Now, the whole world is... Remember, the world around us does not have God. The world around us is afraid to die. They're worried. Yeah? They think it's going to kill them. There are lots of other things that can kill them, but at the moment, the way it's portrayed, you know, this is, if you get infected, you'll die. But, yeah, yeah. And you could, actually, yeah. It is a serious disease. And some people die from it. But God provides protection even in these circumstances. Now, this kind of situations actually push us to what we really believe and what we really trust. So, do we trust in our money? Do we trust in our work? Do we trust in our health? What do we trust? Where, where is our, the foundation of our lives? Yeah? Because, you know, we've had it pretty easy here in this country, in the sort of the Western world. We haven't suffered really that persecution of the church. Yeah? Now, it doesn't mean that we will not suffer in the future. And I can tell you almost certainly that this will get worse from a, a, a Christian point of view. You know, you will have to stand for your faith. Your faith will be under attack. No doubt about that. Yeah, we can see the signs now already. Yeah? Less tolerance to Christians, less tolerance to the faith, and um, people don't like what we are representing. However, we still have to carry on. We still have to carry on worship God and share the gospel as much as we can with people and tell them the truth. So, God describes the arrows by night. So, the COVID is like an, like an arrow that constantly attacking you. If you think about it, it's a bit like that. Because wherever you go, you don't know. You can't see the virus, can you? You don't know whether you are going to... But God is there. God can protect you against that. Yeah? Now, we should not be surprised about that, yeah? Um, if you're a born-again Christian, if you've been born again, yes, we, do, we are alive in our bodies. Our bodies will die one day. We'll, we will be resurrected to life. Or, if the rapture comes first, we'll meet Jesus in the air. We don't know whatever comes first. But, you know, the good news, you're already dead. So why are you afraid? What are you afraid of? You're already dead. If, if, you, if, if you're born again, if you receive Jesus, you died that day, yeah? When you receive Jesus. Yeah? So, you know, the only thing that can go is your body. Your spirit is alive forever. You're going to be with the Lord forever. You're going to come back and He will resurrect your body and give you a new body, which is much better, actually. Yeah? So, uh, <laughs> we won't be affected by any viruses. Yeah? So, so, we should not fear at all, yeah? Now, we should also not be surprised. You know, I can see lots of creatures, oh gosh, it was so wonderful and stable and now suddenly all this COVID. God warns us in the scriptures. Yeah? In the last day, perilous times will come. He says to Timothy 3, yeah? perilous time will come. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, and a whole lot of description of evil going on, of what's going to happen. Yeah? So evil... Is, and you can see evil is rising, actually. You can see the increase of evil around us, yeah? This is not surprising. So, as Christians, we should not be surprised. We just should, should be ready. Yeah. Now, God's protection is not according to human logic. Yeah? 
it says here that you should not be afraid of the terror by night, verse 5, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in the darkness, nor the destruction that lays waste at Monday. Now, a thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right side, but it shall not come near you. Now, this is the most important verse in the scripture. And can I have the... Yeah, I forgot something. I've got something to show you. I'll explain why. So, this is basically a mosaic floor from the 16th century from the old synagogue in Venice. Yeah? So, you can't see much. You can see it later, after the, if you want to examine it. It's in Hebrew, it's got two circles here. And verse 7, that we've just re- read, is in the middle here. Yeah? That's what it says. So, this is an assurance from God that, you know, you can be, you know, people can get ill around you, there can be a huge amount of virus in the air, everybody's getting infected, and you walk in and nothing happens to you. Why? Because God can protect you. Yeah? God can stop this affecting you. Not guarantee that he will in all circumstances, but he can do that. He can give you protection. So, we should not fear. There's no reason to fear any of this. Yeah? So, it, says, it doesn't say like few will be, get infected on your side, and right, and then five on the other side. It says 10,000. So, you can walk with 10,000 people and 10,000 fall on your one side and 1,000 on the other side and you're standing there. You're still alive. Why me? Because God is your protection. It's a bit like a shield, isn't it? Remember all these spaceships when you see all the films, yeah? When they shoot and the missiles bounce off the shield, yeah? It's a bit like that. It's like a shield that protects you, yeah? So, you shouldn't be worried. doesn't mean you shouldn't take precautions or anything and we should be careful... You know, it's the same as Jesus was tempted in the desert. The devil said, uh, no, why won't you jump? Well, if you jump, you'll die, yeah? So this is not what uh, God intended. God intended you to take protection. Sure, Jesus could have just walked into the air and not fall down, but we, if, if you will jump, you'll probably die. Yeah, guess, God can stop you doing that, but he's not encouraging you to do that. So we are not doing things which are dangerous, but we should not live in fear either, yeah? And I think this is really an important point um, to know. So that no evil, nothing will come near you. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague, plague come near your dwelling. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah? Now, what I would like to talk a little bit about is so us being Christians. And how do we cope with what's happening in the world around us a little bit? Yeah? So we talked about not fearing. Because we don't, the Bible constantly emphasizes that we should not fear as Christians, we should not fear. We have not received the spirit of fear, the spirit of power. Yeah? And we should not fear. God is in control of everything, God knows everything. Now, what can you do as a Christian? What can you do as a believer, as a follower of Jesus? First, know the Word of God. I think it's the most important thing, the trust in the Word of God, yeah? Well, what's the point of being a Christian if you don't trust the Word of God? You, know, you need to 
and people are looking at us, yeah? they're looking at us differently, they're looking to see what's the difference between you and me. Yeah? The main difference is that we trust the Word of God. We haven't received the spirit of fear. And know, know it well, read it regularly, read it on a daily basis. Now he talks here about the truth, doesn't it? It says that the truth, in verse, verse 4, his truth shall be your shield and buckler. Well, this is the word, the truth is the word. So the word acts as protection. Why? Because you'll hear lots of things that will try and shake you. The only thing that is, you can anchor yourself is the word of God, because this is not changing. Lots of other things will change around us. You'll hear lots of theories when you open the news. Your government, uh, the government will not uh, protect us. Gov- our government, especially our government, the way they change their mind every about uh, three and a half hours, we don't know what's going to happen. So you can't trust anything. You can only trust God. Yeah. I think this is really important. Truth will not come through the media. So if you look at the BBC or Sky News or anything, you won't get the full truth. You get some of the truth, but it will be mixed with lots of other things which are probably not exactly true. Remember, the media is trying to shape your thinking as well, yeah? And it's working really hard in order to, to do that and turn in a specific direction. So, as a Christian, always have um, a biblical view of things. And uh, that's how we should be thinking. So, how should we approach the future then? What is coming? 2021. Is it going to be good? Is it going to be bad? Well, I don't know. I'm not a prophet. Yeah? No. So, uh, all we can, we can do is look and see what's happening around us. And I think it's really important for us as Christians to... to Hold steadfast. Yeah? Now, again, the Bible tells us all that. By the way, if you read your Bible, if you know your Bible, and we all need to read it and know it and understand it, it says that one day the world is going to come together. They're going to try and unify everything. It's going to be a sort of a, a global government, a global agenda that is, is strong. Now, COVID is not necessarily that, but COVID is used certainly as an enabler. Yeah, so, and they actually say it in the open now. Yeah, we need. Uh, we don't want to go back to what it was. We, you know, we want to change the way we live because you know it showed how fragmented we are as a as a world, and we need all to come together and uh, hug each other and love each other and uh, live in peace and safety and security forever, don't we? Yeah, that's what you hear. you'll hear a lot about that. You hear a lot safety, security. That's what will be pumped around us. Yeah. Now, so this is a catalyst, really, to drive lots of other agendas. Um, we can some of the agendas include, for example, as I said, global government. You can hear also the calls for a cashless society. Uh, COVID is used an excuse as well here, or cash is dirty because it could transmit the virus. Yeah. Okay. So uh, it, this is used as well as in use cash it transmits the virus. So people will use it to try and eliminate cash. Uh, our individual rights are being diminished. Yeah, the government is telling you what to do. The, the nanny state is, is very strong. You know, it's telling you, you have to do that, you have to do that, you should not go there, you should do that, and that's how you should be thinking. And if you're thinking slightly differently, you, you are wrong, you're out of line. 
We are not allowed to think like that. Now this will not change. Okay? So don't think for a second this is gonna they're gonna take normally when governments take power, they don't easily give it back from historical experience. So check history, you'll find out they don't like to give it back. They just like to hold on to it. We had uh, as I said, centralized government control of everything. We have more tracking and tracing. Again, COVID is a great thing, great excuse. Well, now we can track and trace everything. Not that they couldn't do it before or can't do it now, because obviously if you have a phone, you have a GPS, you can be tracked. But at least they can do it legally now. Yeah? So let's give, the moment you sign, yes, I've got the app, here it is, you know, that's fine, you allow me to track you and, and do what you want. So all of these items individually are not dangerous, but when they are combined, they can be used in the wrong way, the wrong way in the wrong hands as well. Yeah? So it depends who is in charge and who is using what. You will hear a lot about the climate agenda this year. I can assure you that. Yeah. Now, there are changes in climate. We know we've had more earthquakes, we've got more uh, stuff. But also the Bible tells us, you know, again going back to our Bible knowledge, that this is going to happen. It says, as we get to the end days, God accelerates the, the events, the things. So, of course, people don't in the sense, oh yes, it's God's judgment coming soon, I might as well repent. Now, people don't say that. They say, oh, we need to do something about it, let's reverse that. So it's men trying to be in control and take control of everything, yeah? So I can control everything, I can do everything. But, uh, you know, God has a promise that things will carry on in the world as long as he, he, he decides, you know, in Genesis 8.22. He says, you know, everything will carry on. The sun, the moon, the stars, the night, the day. I mean, I'm deciding when it's going to stop, when it's not going to stop. Nobody else does. So God is, is, is working out his plan through all this stuff as well. So this is really what we are seeing is the fulfillment of what Jesus warned us. Yeah? And it's not for the distant future. And I think that's what terrifying many Christians because I think, oh, I read about it in the Bible, I thought it was something in the future this will happen, you know, when we read uh, the end days and stuff. Now, remember, the end days started actually during biblical time. It says we are in the end days, yeah? But now we're accelerating probably to the last minute almost, we can see that, yeah, of the, of, of the clock. And it's very exciting, actually, to be honest. I'd rather live now than uh, 200 years ago, personally. So we can see the fulfillment of everything that what Jesus is doing. And it's very, very exciting, I think. Yeah? So don't be surprised. We can see uh, all the talks about uh, a new normal and great, and great reset and all this stuff. And, of course, nothing to do with COVID. These plans have been to check. The World Economic Forum... Agenda 2020, Agenda 2030, and all this stuff has been going on for a long time by the globalists. They're trying to push everything into one direction, and this will, uh, will not stop. So it, it just gives them an opportunity to speed things up, practically. Yeah? This has not changed. Also, look in the Middle East. What the Bible says, the alignment of um, countries against Israel is falling into place now, exactly as Ezekiel 38 said. Yeah? If you read, yeah? You'll see that. You'll see Iran and Turkey are almost aligned against Israel, although Turkey recently 
showed interest in renewing relationship with Israel, but they, I would not trust that at all. Yeah? Uh, peace agreement. President Trump managed to achieve tremendous results as far as relationship with Middle East five or six countries actually signed peace agreement with Israel. This is amazing. Nobody's ever done that. Have you heard a lot about it in the news? I haven't, no. No. Anybody praised him for that? For what he's done? For what he's achieved? No. Oh, how surprising. So, uh, yeah, so th- this, is, uh, this is a tremendous achievement. So, this is a lining thing. So they said that when they have peace and security, things will be taken away from them. So, watch the Middle East, because things are going to get probably a bit even hotter in the Middle East this year. They're going to accelerate, yeah? As the tension will increase. Also from the north, from Lebanon, Hezbollah are constantly threatening to fire the hundreds of thousands of um, missiles again towards Israel. So things could get hot there. So act and live as a believer in Jesus. I think that's what we need to do. Yeah, we need to, to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our understanding, you know, and not lean on what you, what you see. God says he's in control. This is Proverbs tell us, yeah? Do not fear, because God is with us. What can men do to you? Yeah, it's something it's what can men do to you? What's the worst that men can do to you? They can take some of your rights, they can limit you, they, you, can, you may lose your job, but you know, God is with you. And even in these circumstances, God can do all things. Now, grace and truth. Remember, Jesus tells us that grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Now, this is really, really important because we have to be, grace is the Hebrew word chesed, which is, um, it's more than just grace. But it's, it's, it's to show the love and the power of God to people. And it's the forgiveness that Jesus is giving us as well, and it comes through us to other people. So God wants us to act like that. But also we have to stand on the other end for the truth of the Bible, and what's actually right and what is wrong. We have to align our minds uh, with that, and stand for the truth. Now, the other great warning that we received, yeah, is not to be deceived. Yeah? Lots of warnings in the scriptures, in the New Testament, Jesus constantly warns his disciples about deception. We are coming to the era of deception. You'll see lots of deception. He says, do not be deceived. Yeah? And he says, even the elect will be deceived. Churches will be deceived. They'll follow the wrong, uh, following the wrong direction, which is away from scriptural truth. This is Matthew 24, if you want to read, yeah? So again, back to knowing the word of God. Jesus said, when you see these signs, you'll know that your redemption is near. Yeah? We've seen the signs. We know our redemption is near. We know the next event in the Bible, we expect, is the return of Jesus. To, to take his church out. Yeah? We are the restrainer. The Holy Spirit restrains the world of going completely doing evil, going in the wrong direction. Once we're out, all hell is going to break loose, you know? The, the, the seven-year period of tribulation will start sometimes after that. We don't know when. Ezekiel war, we're not sure when it's going to happen, whether we're going to be here or not. Probably we may, may see some of it or not. 
But certainly we are restraining what's happening. So we have a really important task. God has is, is left us here for a purpose so far. Yeah? So he hasn't finished his work. There are more people who need to hear the gospel and to be saved. And when the last one to hear it is it's done, we are out. Yeah? And after that, we don't care really, do we? We are out, we are out. Yeah? So let's, uh, we, we are there, yeah? we are okay. But we, we need to, try to pray for people and share the gospel as much as we can. Now, the last thing I want to say is that God is always in control. God is always in control. Yeah? Turn with me actually to Isaiah 44. It will be probably a good thing to, to finish with. Isaiah 44 verse 6. And I think this will encourage you a lot. I'll read from Isaiah 44, verse 6 to verse 8. Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last. Beside me there is no God. And who can proclaim as I do? Then let him declare it and set it in order for me. Since I appointed the ancient people, and the things are coming and shall come, let them show this to them. Do not fear, nor be afraid. Have I not told you from that time and declared it? You are not, you are my witnesses. Is there a God beside me? Indeed, there is no other rock. I know not one. And turn after that to chapter 46, just after that. And this is a very famous set of verse, but I think it's important to remember them as well. Yeah? Verse 9. Chapter 46, verse 9, Isaiah, book of Isaiah, yeah? Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is no other. I am God, there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient time things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. See, God is not shocked about anything which is happening. He has known everything from the beginning before the creation of the world. Yeah? He's not so suddenly surprised, gosh, all these people died from COVID. What am I going to do? You know, I cannot fulfill my plan. No, he's in control. He knows what's going to happen. And he knows what's going to happen to you as well. And he has not abandoned you. Yeah? He's there. He knows what uh, the fear that people are experiencing. He knows... Uh, What's going to happen? And he's, he will protect his people. He promised to be with us in all circumstances. Yeah? Nothing could separate us from the love of God. Yeah? Nothing. Yeah? So, we can be assured that uh, whatever happens in 2021, God is with us. The Lord is, is around us. It says, it says, He's closer to us than anything else. In Him we live and have our being. Yeah? So, Trust in the Lord. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that we can trust in you. We thank you that we don't have to fear, Lord. That you have not given us the spirit of fear, Lord. We thank you that um, we can be assured that whatever happens, Lord, uh, you will support us and be with us, Lord. We pray that um, even when the times are getting difficult, we'll be able still to share the gospel and bring more people to you, Lord. That you'll give us a, a good harvest, we say, Lord. Just before the rapture, Lord, just before we 
expected to see, you Lord, that um, we'll get as many people as possible snatched out of the fire, Lord. That uh, many people will turn to you and believe. Lord, also protect the people here, Lord. You know, we people will go through difficulties. It can be financial, there can be health, there can be emotional, it can be spiritual, Lord. So, Lord, we pray that you'll encourage us all to read your word and to trust in your word and spend more time with you, Lord, in your word. Avoid the deception of the world, Lord. The world is going his way, Lord, and we want to stick to you, Lord. We want to stay with you, Lord, and, and follow you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, Lord. Amen. So what we'll do now, we'll have um, probably a communion service. Now the way, well, I thought a lot about it because obviously it's quite challenging. So what we did, and it's I, of course up to you if you want to participate or not,